Hey guys, welcome back for another week. This week we decided to chill out a little bit. It's been getting got, take a deep breath, take a deep breath, and assume the yoga pose. Achieve Zen with Dylan and I. It's the State of Zen playlist. Uh, let's let's get into it. <laughs> another playlist that's right uh we're still doing these playlists i really enjoy them uh i think we'll get back into albums eventually um but i think for you know like we said uh it's mount rushmore season in sports so it's uh well i guess now with the nba playoffs but whatever um it's a little early about the nba playoffs nobody cares um the hawks made it to the eastern conference finals i didn't uh, i guess that's news oh i don't even know who's on the hawks trey young that's all i know yeah he's kind of (laughs) ugly That's really all I know about him. <laughs> He's kind of a prick. So, um, yeah, it's, that's that's my knowledge of Trey Young. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, we're we're continuing these playlist episodes. I, I like I said, I'm really enjoying doing them. I think it opened up a new facet for us as far as like audience participation, which has been really fun so far. Yeah, this 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 podcast has kind of taken a new life, and we've kind of we're kind of going wherever it leads. We're not really fixated on, you know, continuing albums. That's what we enjoy doing and yep. I'm sure we'll get back to it at some point, but we can pepper them into like we don't have to to say, "Oh, this is playlist time. We can't do an album." If we feel really strongly about an album we want to talk about, we can do that. Yeah. And uh, we've got some <coughs> some fun things in the works coming up here soon, so um you know, we're just trying to keep everything loose and, and fluid, so we're having a lot of fun and this is the perfect week to stay fluid and fun because mm-hmm. this is the state of zen playlist mm-hmm. and i feel like my state of zen is very different from yours i've been we talked about it a little bit before the show but i know you had trouble with a lot of my songs <laughs> they were definitely not the uh you know you hear them the first time you're like sweet i'm adding this to my playlist yeah they're, yeah, they're um, not that <laughs> but i do appreciate them for what they are so yeah. i mean i'm excited to to dive right into them Ooh, you want to you want to read off the first uh, audience submission here? Actually, do the first couple that I did last three. Sure. Uh, so, friend of the show, Cody Garrett, also artist formerly known as Cody DeBoard, mm-hmm. uh, says, "Stop this train" by John Mayer. You could pretty much put any John Mayer song on yeah. there. Uh, he's just got such a, a cool way about him, and I actually like the live version of this better. I don't know if you agree, um, but. Cody says, it's a longtime favorite, it's a top-tier finger-picking, and it's instant serotonin. And that finger-picking is good. It is. I mean, that's, I mean, John Mayer is one of the best in the world at playing, you know, finger-picking the guitar. He's, he's one of the best in the world at fingering, if you want to get dirty. Yeah. We'll, we'll get the sex joke out early. And I want to apologize <laughs> to you for last week, because I, when I listened back to your... It made more sense, It made right? way more sense, because okay. I, I, I think I blacked out when you were talking about it being like a takedown song. Yeah. Or maybe I thought, like takedown didn't mean what i thought it meant <laughs> and i just got very very confused i was like did i have a stroke or no, like i had a stroke and i apologize <laughs> and yeah, I we had to pause after that because you're like what are, what is going on with you are you okay <laughs> yeah, i was so confused i was like what the fuck are you talking about when you said takedown i thought like oh you're gonna take somebody down like in their life and you meant nope have have sexy times. coitus yeah <laughs> i was talking coitus so i apologize that's my bad that's okay that. um so yeah uh yeah john mayer's good at fingering 
Yep. <laughs> Who'd have thought? And he's a fantastic follow on TikTok. Oh yeah, he's he's. I don't know if I love him or hate him. He's like Tom Brady, where he's self-aware, but it's almost like uh, we get it. You're a, you're a self-aware show white us a guy. Flaw. Yeah. Show us a flaw, John. Yeah, real original, you're, bud. You're a good-looking guy. You can make jokes. You can make fun of yourself. Hmm. I don't trust you. Yeah, well, it's like <laughs> he can't win for losing, right? So yeah. it's it's whatever. It's fine. Yeah, follow him. He's he's funny. Yeah, but he bothers me. Well, there's a guy that uh, played one of his songs. I think it was "Slow Dancing in a Burning Room." Oh, I fucking love that song. He's playing this. There's he like uh, I forget what the word is, but he like matches it up. And there's a guy playing the guitar and like uh, the wind instrument. harmonica. Yeah, he plays the <laughs> harmonica and the guitar, and it's pretty impressive. But anyway, enough about the John Mayer. Alex Sullivan says "Bittersweet." By Liana La Havas. And leave it leave it to Alec to pick a way cooler song than either one of us. This song fucking is awesome. It's so sexy and cool. And just, I don't know, it's very Alec to me. Yeah. Yeah, Alec always has his finger on the pulse of exactly what we're going for. It's a great pick, Alec. Yeah, yeah. I love this song. It's added, it just got added to a couple playlists for me, for mm-hmm. sure. I, I hadn't heard it before. No, I'd never heard of it. I'd never heard of this artist. I'd never heard of this song. Um, so I was overjoyed over the moon to hear something like this. And Alex got great musical taste. Him and I always, that's one of the first things we bonded over was our, our similar, but very different. It's kind of like you and I like Mm -hmm. taste in music. Yeah. Uh, so I'll let you take the next one. Okay. Sorry. I'm trying to log into our, uh, email here so I can read, um, Louis's email. Louis has been, uh, Louis, in fact, has hacked the system because he figured out if you email us, you can also type things for us to say. Yeah. It's like a free cameo. You're welcome, Louis. It really is. <laughs> um, but first, we got Chad Rogers, Ben's best friend. Uh, he put in, he took a couple weeks off from contributing. Uh, I don't know. He might have been on Disney. Uh, he may not have been. But either, either way, he did Redbone from Childish Gambino, a fucking classic song. I think, I mean,. Childish Gambino was on the map before this, but I think this really kind of shot him into the stratosphere, this song. And it's just a classic, classic, like, soul groove. And people always, like, talk about, oh, he pitched up his vocals. Now, he really did. He didn't. He just sung really, <laughs> really high. Like, he, like, Childish is a really, really talented person. He's a funny comedian, really talented a musician, and, uh, I am incredibly jealous of his career so far. And uh, this song is kind of the culmination of all that for me because this is, again, uh, cooler than anything we picked. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's the second time Redbone's made it on yeah, one of our playlists. Pretty sure. Uh, by audience submission. So maybe that's just a sign that we need to do a childish album at some point. Yeah, I think we should. Uh, it's Because it's something you and I both aren't super familiar with. I got really into childish for like a month. And I listened to all his shit, and I'm like, oh, this is the greatest thing of all time. I think he's one of the best rappers of all time. And then I kind of tempered my my love a little bit. But I do I do respect what he's done incredibly. And I think he just him deciding like, hey, I'm not just I'm just not going to make music anymore. He's like, I've done enough. That's enough for me. And I, I really respect that. And I hope he sticks by it. And if he doesn't, cool. Like I'd love to hear new childish stuff. But um, I think this is America. It was even like a surprise. Yeah. So. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I I love this song and I love Childish. All right. So next is a recurring guest. I've already mentioned him here. Louis Curran, Lord Trash, first of his name. Uh, Like I said, he's hacked the system. So I'm going to read what he wrote in his email here. 
my submission for this week is Fly by the Devin Townsend Project. It's great for... I almost burped in the mic again. I, I'm trying to break the tradition here. Uh, it, it's great for decompressing from the stress of life. Just peaceful music to calm oneself and chill. Also a great display of Devin's musical versatility. I agree. Uh, the whole album Ghost is just the definition of zen, but I'll spare you the eight minute plus tracks for now. Thank you. Yeah. Dylan appreciates that, I'm sure, especially when I put him through this week. Um, I have a couple... It's like six, seven plus minute songs on this. Yeah, and that's that's okay. Like six and seven still fine, but once you hit eight, it's like get over yourself. Yeah, <laughs> Devin Townsend. Yeah, yeah. But no, I, we all like Devin Townsend. I yeah. think it's no surprise that that might have been a little bit of pandering to Kevin. Maybe. Um, but also, it's universally liked. Louis is the kind of the guy that like indirectly turned me on to Devin Townsend. I always saw him talking about it, and I respect his like metal opinion certainly. And so I was like, okay, let me check this out. I, you know, I respect Louis's opinion quite a bit. And uh, yeah, I, I fell in love. Devin Townsend's amazing. And it still pisses me off that he doesn't like to sing because his voice is amazing. I think I touched on that when I talked about Kingdom. But yeah, Devin Townsend's awesome. So Yeah, and I think that's another one that like, if you mention the name enough, that Kevin and I will just do a, an episode on it. Yeah, yeah. Think- well, we'll do a Devin Townsend <laughs> or like a Strapping Young Lad or something. One of the projects that he's done. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. You do Ben's. Yeah. Last but not least, uh, from Ben Carter, uh, he doesn't have a, an audio submission this week, but, uh, he says bliss, the club mix by alpha nine. It's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Um, I only gave it one listen. He, we, we were, I don't know if Ben just wasn't paying attention cause I sent him the playlist like a week ago. Uh, but we were talking last night in our group chat and he's like, Oh, how much time do I have? Like literally tomorrow. Well, he saw our post on Instagram too, so <laughs> yeah. we do it literally the day before we record. Yeah. So um, I only listened to it once, so I didn't have like a whole lot to say about it. But it is good. I didn't. It didn't offend me. So uh, <laughs> Ben gave me this whole diatribe last night. I think Ben was drunk last night, maybe, or yeah. at least drinking. <laughs> so I think you you told the story where you went on a run, you came back to nineteen texts, <laughs> and it was a lot to take in. So. Yeah, it. Was, I came back and it was just like gifts and words and i was like this is a lot to unpack <laughs> and my phone's on 10 percent, so i'm gonna plug it in yeah and i'm gonna regroup yeah. i'm gonna come back to this in a few minutes let me shake it out <laughs> let me get that lactic acid out so i can come at this fresh and uh yeah so yeah ben good pick as always uh, ben's really plugged into the edm scene if you don't know that already yeah yeah it was, it was a good pick and i i enjoyed it so yeah if you can get me to enjoy it, that's really the whole point of the show is to make Dylan like the, like well, the songs. <laughs> I think this is two two times in a row Ben's picked a club mix, and I think that's on purpose. Because if not, these would probably be like nine and ten minute songs. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, again, thanks everybody for submitting. Uh, we really do enjoy it, uh, especially emails, because it makes me giddy. Yeah. Let, let me check my emails. We feel like old men... Yeah, it's like it's like what getting snail mail was ten years ago. It's like, oh, this is so quaint and nice. It's now like, I got an electronic mail. Oh, so quaint and nice. I remember the uh, the email days. You remember when you would put up an away message and just sit? Maybe you didn't do this. You put up an away message on AOL Instant Messenger and just like sit there and hope someone replies to oh, your yeah. away message. That's that's a classic classic technique. Be like, I'm away from the computer, so don't even bother replying to this. And you just stare <laughs> at the computer until someone replies. Uh, that's basically what we do. We're we're. We only brought up not getting an email because we really wanted emails. So yeah, I mean, we really appreciate people replying on Instagram, but just send us an email instead. Yeah, well, save the do postage. both. How about that? Do both. Do <laughs> yeah. uh, anytime we ask you for a response, I demand it on all channels. <laughs> we got a TikTok, we got a YouTube, we got a 
IG, we got a Twitter, we got an email. Respond to all of them at the same time. Yeah. Could just be copy and paste. <laughs> copy and paste. And Go to our Apple podcast, leave us a review, and let us know what your song of the Actually, week is. Actually, yes, do that because that helps a lot. <laughs> uh, okay. So like, we, comment, subscribe. Yeah. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, okay. You got first pick. I got first pick. Oh, I do that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, my first pick is, uh, this was a snap pick for me. Uh, as soon as we t- started talking about State of Zen, I had to pick this song. And it's uh, Hide and Seek by Imogen Heap. The original one, not the like club remix um, that everybody probably knows. Uh, I think a decent amount of people know this one as well. Uh, it's Imogen Heap is not like a, an underground, like who the hell is this artist? She's pretty popular. Uh, but I had heard the remix first. And I was looking, actually looking for the remix to listen to it. And I stumbled into the original. And I listened to it. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? This isn't what I wanted. This is what, six minutes long? Or for now, it's like four and a half minutes long, but it felt six. Because it's like, there's no instrumentals whatsoever. There's no instrumental bass. Uh, it's just her singing through whatever this technique recording technique is like a vocoder or something. It's not even, it's more than that because it's multiple layers of her own voice and it, they're all kind of harmonizing together. Uh, they, it's really interesting. Uh, but it holds an incredible weight to it. There's an incredible like sadness and it's just something about the way she sings it and this do using it, do using this recording technique just really kind of struck my soul. And I think it's the stark emptiness of it all that really kind of hit me with it. And it, it, it took me a couple of listens to really like it. But then once you get to that, like I think you said it too, that two minute mark where you get to the recognizable part from the remix, then you're like, oh yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah. And it all starts to make sense again. And I think this this track really kind of does get help from that remix and it lends itself some it kind of grounds it in reality some more whereas before you're kind of floating around in like this empty void and Imogen Heap is just enveloping you with this creepy vocal um but I think what I I, why I love this song so much is because she is I've never heard anything like this before or since and I don't think anybody will ever do this ever again I think she did it once and she got it in one and nailed it and it's just it's really peaceful for me to observe a masterpiece and know that nobody will ever match it and I just don't think anybody will ever record like this ever again because this is this is the pinnacle of what this can sound like, and I, I it, it's just awesome for me to behold every time I listen to it. I love it so much. Yeah. Uh, full disclosure: the first I, I told Kevin this before, but um, <laughs> first time I listened to it, I was a little grumpy. I was coming home from work, and I was trying to do a, a couple listens through of our playlist, and I was like, "What in the actual fuck did you do to me, Kevin?" <laughs> This the first song is gonna be this, mm-hmm. and I, I was a little grumpy. Okay, I, I'll admit that. But the two minute mark comes in, and she says, mm, "What you say?" And you're like, "Oh my god!" Like instant, like yeah, instant I get serotonin. this in. Like it's yeah. it like sends chills up your spine. And so I was like, I finished the song. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna listen to it again. And you appreciate it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Because it gets to that point, and I think the la- the second half of the song makes it like so powerful, and like it's one of the I love build ups. So like it's if I knew that was where the song was going, I thought the song was just going to be like the kind of the the what you said like te- untethered out in space, and when she brings it back to earth, it just feels so powerful. And 
it gave me chills. Well, that's so. when she starts talking about like, it's for the best. Of course it is. She starts to get like, kind of like, I don't know, uh, like not arrogant. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, she's like, yeah, of course. Oh, well, of course we need to take a break. Oh, of course it's me, not you. All that shit you say when it's a breakup. Yeah. Like, fuck you, bud. And I think that, that those lyrics too kind of add to it. Um, and just the way she sings them too, there's that kind of, uh, snarkiness to it. And it's, it's, I think everybody can relate to that. Oh yeah. I think that's why they snipped that part too, specifically for the remix. And then the SNL skit, which I <laughs> is like synonymous with it now. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was a good pick. And you, I think you tried to test me this week. I did. I did. I, I, I sort of intentionally, but not intentionally as well. Cause this is legitimately stuff that I listen to, to kind of get into like a peaceful state of mind but i realized that my taste in zen like music is is a bit difficult for a lot of people so yeah i i did it and i as soon as i submitted i was like hey man sorry i know this is gonna suck for you this week <laughs> and it, I, it's as soon as soon as i picked um the opera song that i picked later i was like yeah dill's gonna hate this but <laughs> it's whatever uh it's, it's 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 it was my five and i wanted to be true to myself and not uh yeah, we don't pander around yeah, here. I don't want to pander to Dill. He doesn't deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> so my first pick, uh, Wildflowers by Tom Petty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for the same reason that Cody likes Stop This Train is the exact same reason I love this song. Tom Petty, one of the best to ever do it. Yeah. And this song just makes me feel like I want to have like my hand and someone like the love of my life's hand and we're like at a flower patch in the sunset and like you're just watching your significant other like do something like that is like very specific to them and you're just enjoying them for who they are and it's just like such a sweet song and it's it's more about like appreciating someone outside of the context of the relationship it's just like like you deserve everything you know and that's just how he says it and he he puts it very cleverly and you know, Tom Petty is one of the best. And I, I have almost picked this album a few times because I love this song specifically. So I'm really excited to have found a place to put it on a playlist. Yeah, I, I go through spurts where I just kind of get obsessed with Tom Petty. And I think kind of anybody that kind of grew up in the same era that I did, like 90s, late, like the 80s, early 90s, like Tom Petty is like, <clears throat> he's like the last holdover of like the great folk generation from like the 60s. And... I don't know. There's just something about the way, because he's not a great vocalist, but he's a great singer songwriter. And I think that's the essence of what I was just talking that era. I was just talking about like the Bob Dylan's and stuff like that. The Simon and Garfunkel's all that stuff. He's the, he's the last kind of bastion for that type of like virtuosic folk. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, no, I, I read your comment and it made me smile. Cause I was like, yeah, that's per- That's a perfect kind of summation of what this is. And you know, I, I I said you could have put any number of Tom Petty tracks here because it, it, at its essence, if you want to be incredibly crude about it, Tom Petty is, <clears throat> excuse me, got some phlegm build up there. Uh, Tom don't, Petty, don't cry. Yeah, Tom Petty is a it's white stoner music. He's a he's a guy with long hair, wears goofy hats, and likes to smoke his weed. Mm-hmm. Last Dance with Mary Jane is a great song. You could have put that here. I love Last Dance with Mary Jane. Uh, yeah, but it's if that and if that kind of image doesn't kind of evoke kind of that relax man everything's gonna be all right and that's kind of what tom petty is for me he's like he is like zen like in that way of like that we have that stoner uncle that everybody has it's like hey man it's all right it's good and to even see his brother. vocals are like yeah. 
without intentionally sounding stonery, they're just so calm all the time. Yeah. It's like, how are you so calm all the time, Tom? Because he's fucking medicated constantly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's sweet, wholesome goodness. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's good. It puts a smile on my face. Mm. And it calms me down in a different way than a lot of my stuff does. And I think, you know, it's good to just, you know, sit back and smell the flowers every now and again. Mm-hmm. So if uh, you're ready to move on, we'll go on to number two for me, which is uh, Fortune Days by the Glitch Bob. This was, I waffled back and forth with this one, but this was the first pick, this the first of my like immediate snap picks that I had. I, I took this off for a second and put another song in here. And I was like, you know what? No, I think this is the right choice here. Um, and it's, I had to have this song on here. I don't know how Glitch Mob did it with this particular track but they they took something that sounds like you're floating around on an alien surface but it's also like kind of floaty and ethereal and all those words we use every week Uh, but it's also like hard as fuck somehow but it does it's not like a banger you know what i mean it's it's this weird dichotomy of peaceful but also like really heavy energy to it and it's this the drop in this song is maybe my favorite drop in any EDM song of all time because it is so it's so fucking satisfying because you go from like this really simple nothing's really happening to like you add like five or six different elements to that drop and it like there's a little bit of a key change um it's 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 I'm just obsessed with it every time I hear that drop I get fucking hyped and then it's like but it's a chill song too so it's like you don't get too happy like oh yeah that's fucking let's go all right glitch mob um I always come back to the song whenever I need to like, it's really, really cool to listen to in headphones as well. So anytime I like need to chill out and I need to rock something in my headphones, this is one of the first songs that I play because I know like the kind of brain waves it's going to produce for me. And it's always, it's always positive vibes when I listen to this song. Oh yeah. And this, this to me, like if if I thought you were going to pick a trance song, I don't know if this is technically trance. I don't know. Ben Ben will tell us it's not. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, he'll, he'll do the same thing you did with the gladiator, the thumbs down yeah. for trance. Um, <laughs> but this seems like picturesque trance EDM yeah. to me. And this is very much my speed. Um, you know, I'm, I'm super amateur with EDM, everything. I, it's, I'm sure at some point with how much you and Ben, you know, feed it to me, the more I'll be able to discern what I'm listening to. Yeah. But I would have said this is EDM because it has like this repetitive edge to it but it like is slowly building mm-hmm. and like you said i think it has like a sense of urgency to it yeah, somehow that's, but it's that's like a much better way to put it there's definitely some urgency but it's like laid back it's urgency. like yeah it's like tempered like it's someone that's done it before and yeah. like just someone you know it's like watching someone at the top of their craft like they're moving with purpose but they're not like rushing yeah. so it's like somebody this- it's like somebody in a fire saying hey there's a fire but don't panic mm-hmm. do this do this do this hurry hurry but in in a in a, a calm way it's, yeah, yeah don't cool. rush but hurry yes, somehow yeah. is what the song is and it's such a cool song because a lot of these songs the first time you send them to, or the first time i listen to them i'm like eh, eh, eh. and then i listen to them again but this one the first time i was like yes yeah this one gets a thumbs up so uh yeah fortune days by the glitch mob good pick thank you i'm sure glitch mob would be thrilled to hear that yep <laughs> some uh <laughs> Mid twenties redhead guy approves glitch. This mob. is this is an older song too. Like this is like back. I don't know if it's nineties ish, but it's it's older for EDMs and it still sounds pretty modern, which is rare for EDM. Yeah. Uh, so my second pick 
Follow You to Virgie by Tyler Childers. Tyler Childers, uh, Kevin and I really don't get into country music. We don't talk about it a whole ton. Um, and we've had our spiels about what, how we feel about country music. But um, he, Tyler Childers is the king of storytelling. And he's like brought this resurgence to like true country revival. Um, you know, storytelling, which is what's always been great about old country music. And, you know, this song is about your best friend's mom and how like that's your biggest supporter growing up. Like outside of your parents, you go over to your friend's house and like they're invested in you. And like when you as you're growing up, you still are hanging out and they're like wondering how you're doing and like just your biggest supporter. And I think there's a line in there about how she was singing their songs along <sighs> yeah, with them. And it's just me. like it's such a, a sweet song and he just has such like a, a slow tempo to it to be able to tell the story and like you feel like it's a gradual story of like going through this lady's entire life and you know it's just a, a really sweet song and it's like the second mom. Every everyone that grew up has one and it's just like it hits home because you don't know this particular person, but you can relate it to yourself. Yeah. And this is this is what modern country is missing. And it's what they're trying so hard to force is that connection to their listener. But they do it through a very pandery means. And it's talking about dirt roads and small towns and tractors and trucks and you know, down by the, the the watering hole or whatever the fuck they say. It's stupid. But what this is, this is one hundred percent legitimate, real passionate music and songwriting it's he's not pandering here he's just telling his personal story he's not telling the story of like generic country folk he's telling his story because he is a country folk and there's something that is actual that's country music to me and telling it through the lens of his eyes really gives me that genuine connection to it i'm so pissed off that country lost the script so hard somewhere in the early, and really Garth Brooks ruined it. He's the one that turned it into like stadium country. And I, I love Garth Brooks. I love his stuff. Uh, but he ruined country forever. It's kind of like the big timers in hip hop. Like I love the big timers, but they ruined hip hop forever. Uh, and I just cannot stand the fact that somebody like, I've never heard of this guy before until this week. And I should, because this shit is awesome. It's like we talked about last week with Yo-Yo Ma and how he performed his song. He didn't just play it. This guy fucking performs. Yeah, it's a, the one I put on there is a live version. Yeah, it's great. And it doesn't. It sounds like a studio version. And he, you can tell there's so much passion behind what he's saying. And it, it really sells the music. Because there, there's nothing like musically or sonically like amazing about this song. But there's that extra bit of passion and wanting to portray the emotion behind the song like it's telling you on the way over here literally i could started crying in my car listening there's just something about the way i was listening to it with a critical ear before um didn't quite get me but now that i was just listening to it for enjoyment i'm like fuck man yeah i get it i think it was like um i don't want to bury this beautiful mountain angel or whatever it was like fuck man hell yeah i get it i get it i'm Mm -hmm. not from a holler I'm not a country boy, yeah, but I can relate to this. And I think that's what modern country is missing. They want to relate so hard to a very specific type of fake country boy uh, that they miss the mark almost for everyone else. It's like, cool, you're going to buy a truck and never get it dirty? This music's for you. (laughs) Whereas real country like this, this is for everybody, regardless of whether you're a country boy or not. 
So I don't know. I, I could talk about this shit all day. I hate modern country with a passion. And it, it pisses me off that guys like this get kind of left in the dust because that shit sells. Yeah. So. Well, luckily he's part of like a, a revival and he's yeah. he's gaining some traction. I so. fucking hope so. Because I miss country, man. I miss good country. I really do. I, I love it so much when it's done right. Mm-hmm. So your third pick. Yeah. I'm not even going to try and say that. Uh, I don't even know how to say it either. I think it's Utai 4. Reawakening. It's by Kenji Kawai. Um, it's actually an original soundtrack. He made this for the um, original Ghost in the Shell um, OVA. Um, that's just the animated term for a movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's. Um, I think it's like original video on animation or something like that. I don't know what it stands for. But um, Ghost in the Shell is one of those pivotal movies for me. Not just for my love of anime, but just the way I look at how deep and interesting and in, like the stories movies can tell and like it was just something i had never seen before and what part of what made it stand out was this song and the open i sent you the opening sequence and it's got a lot of anime boobs in it but that's not why i like it it's because it is it's kind of sets up this cyber future dystopia perfectly the kind of weird child chanting and the big like drums and the super loud cymbals there's not a whole lot going on here musically but there's a story being told, and I think it really holds a lot of weight, especially with the rest of the movie, too, because it is it really does set up that kind of neo-dystopia. Um, it's in a neo-Tokyo. That's a classic anime trope. It's like, oh, old Tokyo's dead. Here's neo-Tokyo. Mm. Gotcha. Um, so, but yeah, no, it's, it's hauntingly beautiful. And I, the first time I heard it, I was like, what the fuck is this? I love this so much. And I listen to it from time to time when I want to feel calmed but also a little bit uncomfortable because the the chanting is kind of out of tune but it's kind of like we talked about last week it's out of tune to my western musical ear like if you listen to this from an eastern like classical eastern point of view it's probably not it probably sounds beautiful and harmonious but i really do like the very last bit of chant from the kids where it really does kind of find like a nice center to it and it just kind of adds a powerful punctuation to the end of the song so yeah, I'm 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 curious to hear what you have to say about this. So, I watched the video, and I was like, I, I still don't get it. And <laughs> I listened to it thinking like, this seems like more of like a Disney soundtrack. It's almost like a Disney soundtrack sure. song to me. Um, shoot, I lost my spot. Uh, but I. I don't want to sound like super culture insensitive, but it just sounds like very like um, similar to what Zoe picked last week where it's like, I don't really understand this, but also it's like kind of catchy and it's like almost eerie the way those kids are singing. Like it's terrifying. If it was like in a horror movie, I would be ready for someone like a bunch of little kids coming out with knives ready to stab. It's very children of the corn esque for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, it's still a catchy song and I found myself like humming along to it. And after I heard it a couple of times, And, uh, you know, I, I don't understand, like after I watched the video, I understood some context, but still like, I don't understand any of the words, you know, yeah. it's, oh yeah, neither do I, <laughs> but it's, it's a cool song. It's very, uh, I was not expecting this for a, a playlist of Zen because I was not Zen listening to <laughs> this it. was, this is Zen for me after watching that movie, because, um, I think you would really like it just to go on a quick detour here to kind of give some more context to it. The movie kind of explores the relationship between, 
So in the future, there are humans and then there are human cyborgs and there's differing levels of cyborgs in this society. And they kind of, these cyborgs throughout the movie struggle with, are we human or what are we? And it really gets the main like antagonist in the, the movie kind of like pushes that theme to its extreme. And it really, really challenges the protagonist and cause she is mostly cyborg. Um, and her partner is like a little bit less because they're both cops, whatever. Um, they're chased, they're charged with like chasing down like rogue cyborgs. Um, and it really, really challenges what it means to be human and what like it's that old like uh, philosophical paradox, right? Like, how much of a boat do you replace before it's a brand new boat? Is it one thing? Is it you just build a brand new boat and that's when it's ultimately a new thing? And it really kind of dives deep into that kind of philosophical thought process. And as a, I don't know, I was like 15 or 16 when I saw this for the first time and it blew my fucking mind. I was like, holy shit. Like, that's a great point. Like, at what point, like, I mean, if you get like a hip replacement or are you a new, a completely different person? Like, how many parts of yourself do you have to replace before you're something that's not you anymore? Yeah. Yeah, and that's a good point and it's also like very applicable to music like mm-hmm. when someone replaces a lead singer you feel like it's a brand it's a different that, band i hate it i hate it when that happens. even when like there's just there's band like corn like when they replace their drummer like no this isn't corn anymore this call yourself something different because your sound completely different but there's other bands like acdc um who lost their lead singer found someone that sounded exactly like them and it's like oh i don't i don't even fucking know the difference didn't skip a beat yeah so, so yeah uh, it, it's it's super interesting and it, it really kind of challenged my worldview quite a bit and i think that's why i love anime to this day partially because of this movie and how i realized like oh shit yeah this is animated but it's this is the most challenging i've ever thought about any sort of media ever yeah and so it kind of really sold it as like an adult form of entertainment to me mm-hmm. not just because of the anime movies there's no actual sex in this it's just it shows this woman cyborg being born and it shows her boobs a bunch <laughs> it's japanese like, it's <laughs> japanese they're weird they yeah. like they like boobies <laughs> and so do i so whatever uh so my third pick cutting my fingers off by turnover doesn't sound like a very zen song no. um but turn turnover is in this world they tour with all these pop punk bands and it's just like they don't fit the mold of a pop punk band at all not and from I, what I've heard here, no. And I think they used to be, but they've really just kind of leaned into being the mellow band that like plays mid-tempo songs and just like really focuses on the sounds and the feel. And you know, it's so mellow that you you kind of forget that someone says "losing you" was like cutting my fingers off. Mm-hmm. You're like, that's pretty graphic, but yeah. you know, it's so mellow that you you can you can bypass it. But. I love the hush vocals. I love the mid-tempo, and they really offer something different. And hearing them kind of got me out of my rut of just listening to pop punk. So it kind of, I don't want to say they were, like, they just, like, facilitated me into a different realm of music. And I think this song is, like, the catalyst for that. So um, it doesn't always have to be loud and fast, and uh, I would be remiss if I didn't add them to my Zen playlist for that reason. That's what she said. It doesn't always have to be loud and fast. Sometimes take your time, bud. <laughs> I want to go fast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the, I think you're uh, the because I, I didn't know they like what their touring schedules. This they feel like a perfect mid festival band where it's like oh we've got all of like these up and comers 
Then we've got these guys that are established that are very different as kind of like a palate cleanser before we get to like the main acts. I think that's perfect. They open for the story so far. Quite yeah, a bit. sure. That makes that makes sense to me, actually. That's a little bit more better of a fit, I think, mm-hmm. just based on what I've heard from the story so far. They're a little bit more uh, progressive, I yeah. guess, if you want to put it that way. Um, but I really love the mix of this track. There's like three distinct layers. It's almost like I can look at it like a lasagna. If you want to look at it, you can see the distinct layers. You I'm glad leave. you didn't say casserole because I hate that. Okay, go ahead. Okay, why do you hate casserole? I just hate the word casserole. Casserole. It does. Oh, thanks. It does have a very bland. It's a lazy word. Like, oh, you want a dessert casserole? <laughs> I have a distinct thing in my mind of what a casserole is supposed to be. Yeah. And so when someone's like, oh, you guys want to do a breakfast casserole? Like, no. No. I, I don't no. want lasagna. I totally agree with you because the word casserole has a very bland Midwestern mom I slap to this it. together a casserole. Here's some tuna with peas and weird noodles on top. I'm like, no, fuck you. That's <laughs> gross. Here's this brown thing I'm gonna slop on your plate and call it casserole. Like, nah. You just didn't have any other shit. That's I, it. I totally I'm door dashing Chipotle casserole. I fucking hate that word. And I <laughs> And yes, I <laughs> Oh, God. I 100% agree with you. It's such a weird sidebar, but fuck, I hate casseroles. You want to talk about something that really gets me amped up? I don't get amped up about match, but the word casserole is just really hit a hot button. Sorry, what were we talking about? Uh, talking about the different layers of the okay, song. Okay. Like a cross-section of a cake. That's that's, yeah, a, that's, that's a really better. good... So you got your cake, you got your middle icing, then you got your top decorative icing. Um, so for me, the first layer here that really, really stands out is the drum track. Would weirdly... It's the, the most forward part of this song, and then, it, but it's really cool because the 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 drums in this song are really cool and interesting to listen to. Um, then you've got your instrumental in the middle. Middle, it's like that tasty cream in the middle of an Oreo. It's it's there. You can hear it, but it's kind of drowned out by the drums, and then it's over top of the vocal, which is weird. I would normally hate the vocal being so far back in a mix, but for some reason it works here because I think it feels intentional. It feels live. Yes. Yes. That's how you would hear it live. Yeah. You know? it, it feels very intentional in the mix. And I think there's a big difference between intentionally layering something that way for a certain feel. I don't know if they were going for a live feel, but you're definitely right about that. Um, and then just somebody doing a shitty mix of a song, which is this is what not kind of happens because drums are very loud and the human voice is not going to be as loud as like an entire ensemble of instruments. So it kind of just happens that way a lot. So if you listen to like a lot of mixed, like raw mixtapes, you could barely hear the vocals and all you can hear is just crashing drums and guitars. Um, but it gives it like a really like soothing, super cool vibe to it. And it just it, it really just kind of makes me smile. And I think uh, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's something about songs that are gory and like also sweet. Like I love Helena from Misfits. It's like the first line is if I cut off your arms and I cut off your legs, would you still love me anyway? <laughs> and it's uh it's it, but it's a very cool, like, like, I don't know, mid fifties track. And it's just, it, it, the sound doesn't belie the, the lyrics very well. And I think there's something cool in that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, I really, really liked this song quite a bit. And because of the weird mix to it, it was enjoyable for me to listen to and to hear the intent behind it. So, yeah, uh, let's move on here to. Are you ready? Yeah, we're doing opera. Ay ay ay! I think the first, the only thing I said for like two hours was "Oh God," because I watched a video and I'm like, "Oh my God!" Yeah, Kevin, Kevin, <laughs> what are you doing to me? This is, of all the opera, I don't, because I'm not a huge opera fan. 
myself but this song specifically and i love like uh a Pavarotti specifically i love the way he sings um he's like he's not naturally gifted he had to really really work at his craft but he ended up being recognized as maybe one of the best tenors of all time he was one of the original three tenors if you grew up in the 90s you heard about these guys it was placido domingo uh Luciano Pavarotti and I forget what the other guy's name is but those two were always my favorite because I just like I really love that powerful the control that they have the way they control like emotion in their voice it's really interesting to listen to and specifically Pavarotti one he looks the part he's a big fat Italian um and he's got a weird kind of beard and he just got that big he looks like an opera singer and i love him for that and he's got my favorite kind of timbre in his voice from the three tenors mm-hmm. um his best his vibrato is really good and smooth like it should be for a world class you know opera singer but um anyway recitar i think is how it's pronounced recitar um from pagliacci pagliacci i think is just clown in uh italian um but to give some context to this, because I knew I, I knew Dilla wasn't going to like this pick, so I sent him the video of um, Pavarotti uh, performing this, and uh, it's about a clown who finds out his wife, his clown wife, is cheating on him with another clown, and he gets really sad. But he's like, "Nope, I'm a clown. I'm a professional clown, and I, the show must go on." And this is him trying to psych himself up to go back out and do this this clown show which apparently clowns were much more uh respected back in the day yeah <laughs> so, but it, it's the premise in a modern sense seems strange but it's like think about oh you're in a band and you just found out like your longtime girlfriend is cheating on you with a drummer and you have to it's like psych yourself up to go out there and be like i still gotta go perform for these people that paid but it's like fuck man this sucks this sucks bad this sucks real bad uh and it, Seeing the live performance gives it a little bit more context, and I think that helps. But anyway, I've gone on a little too much about this song already. Um, but it, everybody's heard this song. The, the the clip of the main part where he finally realizes, like, no, this fucking sucks. It's one of the saddest moments in musical history. The do, 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 do. It's like, oh, man, and the way he drags it out and, like, I don't know. There's just something about it that's just so fucking sad. And it's it, again, it's it's weird because it's a clown being sad that his clown wife is fucking another clown, but there's just a profound sadness that just makes me I don't know, sadness makes me calm because it's like it gives, okay, other people feel emotions too. Yeah. And uh there's just something about the way this is sung. I'm like, yeah, this is calming to me, even though it's incredibly sad. And I think it, it, the, there's some levity there with like the fake crying. I'm yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> this isn't. This is sad, but yeah. Okay. This is also a dumb opera. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the sad clown, but I really needed the video that you sent for yeah. for the context, and I think it made me appreciate the song more because you listen to opera, and it's kind of like most music. If you're not super familiar with it, you're like, what? I I don't understand why he's like going up and down, and like I don't understand what's going on, but this song is sad but it's like zen in a way i think you said it right like when you're when you're sad and you hear other people sad it like makes you feel okay about being sad yeah so you don't get more sad you're like okay with being sad because you know other people have felt this way before so i think um it's a really cool song and it translates in different ways like clowns aren't 
applicable now yeah. without being like in the context on um, in the context of like the movie it but like i think this is applicable enough for where people can identify with it still yeah and i don't know how old this opera is you said it's from the 90s no this opera is way older than that it's just uh, the, the the three tenors were popular like these these specific performers were popular then this it. is from i don't know when they were made the operas were like the big thing gotcha so like i don't know 1700s yeah but <laughs> so. you know this song is emo before emo was was uh prevalent yeah. and you know uh, an emo sad clown saying i must push on is something I feel on like a personal yeah, level. Yeah, I, I almost wanted to send you because there's a live video of Placido Domingo playing this part, and he really does. He acts it way better, mm-hmm. where you can see you. They shoot, they zoom in on him like set, like slapping this makeup on his face while he's singing, and like it's really, it's a really good acting performance. But I just, I like the Pavarotti version much mm-hmm. better. Um, they're both really good, um, but the D- Placido Domingo like acting performance is much better. Um, Pavarotti just wants to sing. He's like, "Fuck this acting! I'll, I'll act with my voice." Yep. Fuck you! I'm an opera singer. <laughs> um, so, yeah. No. Anyway, uh, great song. If you if you haven't heard it, you've heard it. I promise you. Um, just skip to about I don't know a minute and a half in. You'll know what I'm talking about. TikTok might have made you hear it because I think that's where I've heard it. Yeah, I think I actually made it. Not a TikTok, but I did like a Snapchat story with this song on where I was pretending to be sad about the sun being <laughs> in my eyes or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it's they, there's a Seinfeld episode about this as well, I believe. Oh, yeah, really? The sad clown, yeah. I've always tried to buy sad clown art, but Zoe's not going for it. There's a, my my grandmother did a sad clown painting, and I and I love it, and I have it, and it's awesome. So yeah, maybe that's why I like it. Yeah. It's like someone that's supposed to be happy has is sad. Yeah, like that's a, the duality of man, right? Yeah, so. basically. So my fourth pick is Lucy featuring Odie by Still Woozy. We didn't get to talk about Still, or I guess we did talk about Still Woozy in the Lost Forbidden episode that uh, I try not to reference too much. But um, if you're interested in Off the Beaten Clef lore, we lost an episode for our top five songs. And Still Woozy was on mine. I discovered him from TikTok, and it was just like... It was a match made in heaven. It's like indie pop, but it's like more experimental. Experimental indie pop. Mm-hmm. I think it, that's that's probably. Um, but correct. it's it's weirdly calming, and I'm not really even sure. Like I I gave a, a a descriptor, but still, until you listen to it, it's got this weird pacing to it that like similar to your EDM song. It's just like how does how does he make it seem so up tempo, mm-hmm. but it's still so calm. And, you know, he captures a great sound, and he's got a good hook. And the f- I know you're going to talk about the feature in a minute, but the feature is so good. And, uh, you know, Still Woozy has occupied my brain. Anytime he has a new single out, because he's not a guy that drops albums. He drops singles at a time. Yeah. And I, I love him for it. He's just a weird guy. And uh, I'm very happy I discovered him on, on TikTok. And this one... I was, I was bouncing back and forth, but this one seemed like the most chill. And then there's like a little hip-hop feature in it, so... Yeah, no, I I I, uh, I think I'm obsessed with this song. This is I was listening to this while I was doing um, my laundry the other day, and it just I was like, oh yeah, this is fucking awesome. There's just something about it, like you said. I wrote it's like boardwalk hip hop. It's like surfer music meets hip hop. Like if the Beach Boys were around today and making TikTok bangers, this is what it would sound like. And I think there's something. I don't know if that's necessarily the most accurate, but there's something to that kind of that's that feel you got where it's. There's some kind of aggressive hip hop energy behind it, but it's also like super chill. Like, hey, I'm from California. This is what it's uh, this is what it's like here. It's really cool and chill, and I like it a lot. <laughs> 
That's <laughs> you know that reminded me of was that uh, that fucking vine. He's hey hey you're cool. I like you a lot. <laughs> uh, what anyway? Huge diversion. Um, I, my brain is a, a mash of nothing. Uh, I haven't you know I haven't quite caught the wave of Still Woozy yet, but I, I've heard you talk about him all the time for a year. It's just one of those things I've just never really explored. But this might do it for me because I really do love this track and uh, Odie kills his feature. Like it's it it gives it a different dimension than what Still Woozy brings. It brings it it's more of that kind of hip hop energy to it, but it's almost more like a uh, like a a Khaled like kind of vibe to it. And yeah, it's like very cool or like a Frank Ocean kind of vibe to it, and it's just. It's 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 just very cool. It's got this cool like almost hyper precision to it, and I just I mean I I love this track, and I, and it was something I wasn't expecting. Uh, between Hobo Johnson and Still Woozy, you're like the cool cool white kid. Yep. All of a sudden, and I know I'm not sure I'm <laughs> I'm cool. I'm 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 okay with that. I'm supposed to be the cool white kid, but I'm the out of touch old man. <laughs> I always have been, and I need to embrace that. <laughs> I don't know if I'm in touch more than I just like. I go down rabbit holes. Yeah. Same, same as you. Like you talked about your um, childish Cambino month. I I did that with Still Woozy yeah. at the end of last year. And every now and then I'll I'll go back to the Still Woozy playlist I made and be like, dang, this guy's so cool. Yeah, I can't listen to it every day, but he's so cool, and I don't know how to really articulate it because a lot of music we know why we like it, but this yeah. one is like I don't know. I don't know why I like it. This feels less try hard than a lot of like modern stuff does. It feels very cool. And it feels effortless, and I think that's why I like it. Uh, what was that guy we did from England? Uh, Youngblood? Yeah. Yeah, Youngblood felt very forced. And I know it's not. I know it comes from a place that seems genuine to him, but from an outsider looking in, it feels forced to me. But this doesn't feel for. This feels like, ah, this is just a cool dude making cool music, mm-hmm. and I, I appreciate that. So uh, my last pick, right? Yep. Uh, is... At Last by Etta James. Last pick is At Last. It is. I did that on purpose. Um, it's clever. Not, not really. That's clever. <laughs> I wish I did it on purpose, but um, I noticed it uh, when I was looking. I was like, oh, hey, look at that. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 I'm obsessed with Etta James. And oddly enough, uh, Avicii, who is, seems to be a common thread through this playlist or this uh, podcast now, is the one that introduced me to it. He's, Etta James is the one he sampled four levels. The oh, sometimes I get a good feeling. That's Etta James, and I so I was like, "Who does that feature?" Because I love that voice, and I needed to find out who it was. And I was like, "Oh shit, okay, Etta James." Let's listen to the catalog, and then I realized I'd heard a lot of Etta James without realizing it was who it was, and I realized how much I fucking love her so much. Her attitude, the way she sings, she is everything that like soul, like from the Motown era, is and should be. It's kind of aggressive. But it's also super sweet when it needs to be. She sings the way that her personality is. Where it's like, I'm going to love you and I'm going to make your world everything. But if you cross me, I'm going to smack the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. And that's what Etta James sounds like when she sings. And I fucking love it. And um, this song's been covered a billion times. But I think my favorite time it was covered is when Beyonce covered it. Um, it was singing for like in front of Barack Obama. And Etta James' comment on it was, I, I hate Beyonce. I've been singing this song for years. Why does she get to sing it in front of the president? And it's a great point. She's yeah. like, fuck, fuck Beyonce. She hasn't done half the shit I have done. And I respect the shit out of that because I agree. I hate Beyonce. 
Um, I don't think Edit James actually hates Beyonce. I think she probably ha- hated the fact that someone took her song, uh, you know, as a prominent black female vocalist who paved the way for Beyonce. She should have been able to sing that song for the first black president. And I totally get that, those sour grapes because, hey, I'm still fucking alive. Why am I not getting to do this? This right. is my fucking song. I yeah. get it. Um and it, it, I don't know, but I, I just love her kind of like, she just attacked Beyonce with no hesitation because like, she, she's like, I don't give a fuck. Come after me, little, little yeah, kids. Yeah, come on, Beehive, bring it on. Yeah, I've, I've been doing this shit for years. You can't say anything to me. She could just hold up her record after record after she's like, I've, I made Beyonce possible. And she can say that without batting an eye. And mm-hmm. I think there's a certain power to that. And I, I really respect that about her. And uh, yeah, Etta James fucking rocks, man. She's one of the coolest people ever, I think, in music. She's cool the same way Otis Redding is cool. Yeah. It's like, damn. Like, this gives me like cigarettes and coffee vibes from Otis Redding. Mm-hmm. And makes me like want to be like in a suit, you know, like a, like a, like a Motown, not, not Motown, but like I want to be in New Orleans. I want to be in like a, like an underground bar mm-hmm. smoking a ciggy and just like seeing a hot girl across the room. That's what this song makes me feel. And it feels so cool because this song transports you in time. Yeah. You feel like you're back in the forties, fifties, sixties and the really cool era of, you know, the, the Motown music. So I love this pick. This was one of the ones that I was like, good job, Kev. I yeah. knew you, and this felt like you, uh, you might've picked a softball, served it up to me. No, no, no. I, I legitimately love this song. This is one of my favorite songs of all time. I fucking love this song. It was a great pick and it really fits, fits the mood really well. It does. Yeah. It, it, it fits more with your songs certainly than the rest of my, my yeah. picks do. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's go. Let's, let's talk about yours unless you got some more on Etta James. Cause no. I, could, I could talk about her all day. Like I would marry Etta James today if I could <laughs> and just get beat up by her and I'd love every second. Of Let it. her slap the crap out of you. <laughs> Uh, my last pick is Fresh by Vacationer. Um, the second the song starts, I start smiling. Like the... Da, 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 da. I don't know what that... Is that like a kick drum? What is that? Mm, I, I don't know. I, I still do not know to this day. And it's like... I've listened to music with a critical ear for so long and I still can't tell you... Like I can... I know the difference between a snare and a tom. Yeah. But if you ask me to pick it out in a song, like, I don't know, fucking know. It's a, they're drums, man. Leave me alone. This song, the beginning of this song makes me feel like I'm about to hear like a little mermaid song almost. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> like pe- people underwater, like under the sea. <laughs> that, I almost get that. But Vacationer holds a very near and dear spot in my heart just because I've grown up listening to Kenny Vasoli. started out in uh, the starting line. Uh, when starting line went on their hiatus, he went to personnel and then personnel was like very aggravated music and you know worrying about existence and then it was just like he snapped his fingers and he started making vacation music and it's so happy and upbeat and it was like kind of mirrored where i was at in my life and i love it i love kenny and he makes all these beats and you know he's just so clever with how everything just seems to have a place and it's so intricate but so like heartwarming Mm -hmm. so um i love his vocals he's He's been able to transcend going from pop punk all the way to what Vacationer is now. And I love him. And I love the song. Yeah. And um, I don't want this to sound like it's disparaging because it very well easily could be taken that way. But this sounds like a car commercial song. (laughs) I could could clearly hear saying, pick up your Ford Escape today with 0% APR with qualified financing underneath, like over top of this song. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
it, it's got that feel to it, and I don't mean that in a bad way because this is certainly a, like a level of complexity above something like that. It's not like, this is gonna be the best day of my life. It's not like that. It's not like you know, strictly commercially commercialized music. This is something better than that, but it does have. That's the kind of vibe I got from it, where it's because these these songs for these commercials are chosen because they are very calming. They make you feel at home and at ease, and then you can listen to them over and over and over and over again. And I think that's what this song is. There's a certain level of polish and like clean production and that's really what stuck out to me was just the level of production value in this song. There's so many little touches in here that you don't, you, if you're, unless you're listening critically, you're not going to really hear them. And I, I really enjoyed listening to it. I was like, yeah, okay. If you're listening to this on a bass level, this is just kind of like your normal, whatever happy go lucky song. But if you really listen to it with a critical ear, there's, there's so many cool touches. Like in the bed, there's a little ticks and docks and, you know beeps and bloops and stuff all over the place here and it's just it really really adds to the kind of professionalism in this track and i I really really enjoy that in music i've talked about it before production value is everything to Mm -hmm. me and uh it's it's just super cool for a lot of different little reasons uh it kind of it's those little touches that elevated above so far that kind of classic car commercial it's not imagine dragons it's it's something much better thunder (laughs) i should have put thunder on here Dang it. Is that a, is that a Zen, Zen song for you? No, it's not. I don't have a lot of <laughs> nice things. in the thunder. Nickelback is to Imagine Dragons is to Pearl Jam is to... Uh, yeah, your Pearl ACDC. Jam and Nickelback comparison We're do a full is crazy. It's, cra- it's crazy town, as you would say. Um, <laughs> because they're not even close. I, dude. We'll, we'll find we'll out when we do the, the, uh, it's the debate one day. We need to. We need to. Do, if we do a live show, that's what we'll do. That. Yeah. Our first. Uh, our first uh, video podcast we do. Uh, yeah. So you can see us actually physically fight each other. Uh, <laughs> so um, that was it, right? That was the yeah, end of the playlist. Cool. Uh, let's get into songs of the show. Okay. You want to go first? Or me? Sure. I'll go first. Um, so my song of the show is Vortex by Ginger. Uh, I don't know if I've talked about Ginger on the show before. It might have, I've talked about him before on one of the podcasts we've done because um, I love showing Pisces to people because mm-hmm. Tatiana is a awesome female vocalist. Um, I forget her last name, but that's the name of the lead singer of this band. It's a female-led mo- uh, metal band, and she's got really, really beautiful, clean vocals, but then she also has one of the best like metal guttural screams i've ever heard and it's the same person you would think it's two different vocalists but it's not it's this beautiful girl from uh romania or uh, i think it's uh, maybe ukraine i don't know whatever she's from somewhere in europe and she's gorgeous and then you see her going and it's like what the actual fuck is going on here uh and it's just really cool like ginger is really it's they're kind of like prog metal um and they just do it in a really, really good way. And it's not like cheesy or corny, kind of like they're like if Evanescence was good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like had some sort of credibility. Uh, I don't know, whatever. Some people love Evanescence. I hate them because even with Evanescence doing their kind of just all clean female vocals, there was Lacuna Coil before that who was doing it better. So, yeah. whatever. If you like Evanescence, whatever, come at me. I'll fight you all day. I'll send Tatiana after you. She'll kill you. <laughs> anyway, so if you if you like Vortex, you like or if you like Ginger, give them a listen. They're cool. 
And it's spelled weird. It's J-I-N-J-E-R. Yeah, it's just stupid metal shit. Yeah. We can't spell it correctly. Why would we? We're from Europe and we're a metal band. The band... There's probably already another band named Ginger, so they're like, we're going to spell it. We we are sticking to Ginger, but we're going to do Jace. This is Ginger. <laughs> ginger. Ginger. Uh, so, my song of the show, How Dare You Want Me More, How Dare You Want More by The Bleachers. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much I could say about the, the, guy, the lead singer, Jack Antonoff. The dude's a prolific uh, song producer. He just did... Um, uh, Lana Del Rey's new single. He just did uh, "Good for You" by uh, Gabriela Rodrigo. Yes, she's got a number one album. She's got a number one single. He was a producer for all of that. Wouldn't that be funny if that was Rodrigo and Gabriela's daughter? <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, this song. And then on top of that, he used to be in Fun, which was I loved Fun. Yeah, fun was cool. Um, he was the drummer and guitarist in Fun. So then Bleachers, I've always kept an eye on them. I've liked some of their songs. It's very, you know, stereotypical. This song is not that. This song is... It's wild. Wild. And there's a saxophone. It's just... It is sexy. And the last... Much like the first song you picked on your playlist, the last two minutes um, validates my whole entire existence. It's like my favorite thing in music right now. Listening to that and just like... It feels like you're at a live show where it's like, one, two, and then they just explode and just, you know, I love it. This, this song, um, and without like trying to like search for songs for a playlist, hearing this song like on my free or my release radar just like brought me back to life and it was very exciting. To hear. Yeah. And sometimes I won't listen to your song of the show because sometimes we pick them in the moment or just like, I'm like, I'm fun, fucking done listening to music right now, but I always listen to them eventually. Yeah. But I wanted to make sure I listened to this one before the podcast because I saw your note, the only fucking song in the world to me right now. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I gotta listen to this. And I was fucking, I was so happy I listened to it because it's, it's a very like musically mature song. I don't know if somebody who's like, younger will necessarily like it as much and hasn't listened to as much that just sounds super snooty and gatekeepy but i i think it's true where if you're just kind of really kind of discovering music for the first time this might not be as like interesting and cool to you but there's a lot of really cool mature like, jazzy influences here and yeah there's like a feedback and forth yeah, the saxophone and the drums it's and really fucking cool man there's it's so intricate and i really really fucking enjoy it and it, when i first listened i was like okay cool this is a this is a, i can see why dylan like this and then the the horn started to come in like about what 30 seconds in i'm like oh okay this is something different entirely and it really is fucking cool so if you're in a place where you're trying you're kind of in a musical rut and you just want something different and new this is a perfect song for you yeah it's a rut buster for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, check out our Instagram. Yep. At Off the Beaten Clef. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where we do all our announcements for our our next playlist. Uh, our Twitter is at Off Clef. We're trying to get better about tweeting. And uh, are we? We can we can just say we have a Twitter. We have a Twitter. <laughs> if you send something to us, we'll definitely respond. Yeah, we will absolutely respond. But it's uh, IG is our main thing. Yeah. Um, what else? What else? We, we have a TikTok now. TikTok. It's just uh, it's af- off beaten cleft pod. Uh, same thing on uh, YouTube as well. Um, I forgot to post my clips from last week on YouTube, but I definitely am. I still need to post the songs that changed my life clips, but I, I'm trying to do at least one or two clips from each episode uh, just to kind of get people to listening. Uh, 
again, if you listen to the episodes, it's nothing new, but I, I do enjoy making them and messing around with the, the filters like a 12 year old. So, yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. And we also have Gmail, like we mentioned, yes. uh, off the bean cleft at Gmail. So, uh, if you want to send us your submissions on there, yep. um, Anyway, the, the Gmail is a paradigm breaker. You, you, you can, if you want to railroad us into saying whatever you want, just send us an email because we're going to be half chubbed to read it. So and to get one, so we'll definitely do, we'll definitely do you a favor there. Yeah, and no one like Louis. It he's just going to keep doing it, and we're going to keep including him until he becomes our fourth member of the show. We just have a bunch <laughs> so of random members of the show. Say, I feel like Louis becoming the spiritual fourth <laughs> member somehow. Ben's just railroading all of his friends to become an, the, uh, you know on this podcast. Eventually, um, Ben's going to just like elbow us out. He's going <laughs> to yeah. he's going to manifest destiny. This, this was podcast. my idea. How dare you fight for what was yours originally? He's going to hand me the deed to my house. This is mine now. <laughs> The podcast studio is mine. Look at me. Look at me. I'm the podcast now. (laughs) Go to your room. (laughs) I hate you, Dad. Uh, as 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 per usual, we haven't decided on a theme yet. We'll we'll let you know on Instagram. Um, it's funny because we always decide the theme immediately after we're done recording. Yeah, we. I just don't want to. If we start bantering, we're going to be like, oh, this is going to be a thirty minute. 30 minutes extra to the show. But anyway, this has been a long exit anyway. So we'll see you next week, guys. Yep.